Yo, DJ L Spade here. Asking y'all, take a second after you listen to my podcast and go check out my new album, L Spadia 2. Got over 200,000 streams on Spotify and over 100,000 streams on Apple Music right now. I think you'll like it. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Hit me up on Instagram at DJ L Spade. Follow me on Facebook at DJ L Spade. Follow me on Twitter. I bet you can guess. At DJ L Spade. Peace. <laughs> Do my little intro. Coming out his podcast. Just a man doing the best he can with what he got. Today, I'm proud to be with my homie, host of the Secret House Against the World Music Review Podcast and a highly acclaimed Mega Late Show Podcast where he gets like a lot of famous people. And I'm kind of jealous because my podcast doesn't get that many famous people. <laughs> the homie, Mega Robinson or Robinson Mega, if you please. How you doing, brother, man? Uh, peace out, Spade. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for oh. the intro. Yeah. Nah, man, thank you for actually doing the podcast, man. I've been trying to get you on for a long while, man. I, I consider you one of my uh, smartest intellectual friends. If anything else, I love arguing with you, man. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I man. gotta have somebody who push back on my thoughts. I'm like, yo, this guy will push back on everything I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he challenged me. Yeah, man. I mean, I like talking just like you. And I guess that's why we both find ourselves in this podcast media space and the video channels as well. But, you know. You didn't mention that we also do Secret House Against the World music reviews together online, YouTube. You know what I mean? That was the first thing I said. Oh, did you? I thought yeah. you said. Oh, OK. My bad. I'm I'm. it's too early in the morning. You got me too early in the morning here. But but yeah, man, I'm, I'm Robinson Mega. Um, uh, I'm an American cat out here in Ikebukuro. I'm a cultural ambassador for Toshima Koo, and I do a variety of uh, so media type of things online, as well as event organizing, DJing and general hip hop stuff. I know in the past you wanted to get me on to talk about communism and, and leftists in general, but I'm a little bit glad that we're not doing that. Well, you know what? You are my favorite leftist Marxist communist person to talk hey, to thanks. because uh, I would say I am a starch capitalist, but I'm open to hearing other people's views. And I would say out of all like the leftist friends I have, you have the most coherent and persuasive arguments when it comes to communism. <laughs> like oh. I'm like, OK, well, I'll get where you're coming from. Because one thing about that, I would say, I'm not going to take too much time on this. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I would say this. As a capitalist, most capitalists don't know the counter argument or why they believe in capitalism. They just know, oh, right. capitalism is good because I was told that and communism is bad. But then you right. ask them, hey, man, why is communism bad? Uh, Because capitalism is good. Right. Well, I mean, th that's that's like a thing. Even even people who are self-proclaimed communists don't really have a strong grasp on it. You can see that in today's media space where anything seen as progressive on the left, uh, your AOCs is considered communist. People that would rock with that or call themselves socialists are, are not really reading any of uh, the theory behind communism, socialism or anything on the left like anarchism. So, yeah, most people just don't really know what they're talking about, especially the capitalists. Oh man! Look. Well, yeah. the capital the capitalists only know that system. It's like when you're taught economics as well, you're only taught capitalist systems. You you don't really know anything about the alternatives. So big facts, like, and that's my whole argument to everybody. Like, believe what you want to believe, but know why you believe sure. what you believe, sure. in, and know the counter argument too. You can't just right. come here and tell me, "Hey, man, socialism is bad, capitalism is right. bad," and I ask you why. You be like, because that's what right. I you know uh I was told that. It's like, come on, right. bro. Like, do your research, man. 
But yeah. I ain't gonna spend too much time talking on that. Let's hop into um the first topic is the rap on trial bill or amply named the Jay-Z bill. And I have so many problems with it being called the Jay-Z bill. Ugh. Oh man, yuck. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I um I, I haven't read exactly what the bill is is supposed to be doing, but I got a general idea. Like apparently they're trying to they're trying to prevent rap lyrics being used as evidence in in trials. Okay, well let me read it what it is, right? So sure. it's well first let me point out this this is not a nationwide bill. This is a New York bill. So that's the first okay. thing. And it's Senate Bill S7527. And what it does is limit accessibility of evidence of defendants' creative and artistic expression against such defendants in a criminal proceeding. AKA, that means they can't take your rap lyrics and use them as a blueprint in trial or as uh, admissible evidence in your trial. What do you think about that, my, my guy? I mean, I agree with that. Like, uh, it, it, it's it's very strange. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to talk about when it comes to people's perceptions of rap lyrics uh, versus other genres, as well as exactly what's being said in the lyrics. Like even even guys like J. Cole talk about killing people in their raps. But I, I mean, I think it's very highly unlikely that J. Cole is trying nah. to project project <laughs> that he's a killer. Nah, now, that's, so. there, there's also the other side of it where like rap snitches they be telling on themselves in their raps and sometimes you might have uh some really adjacent like yeah i killed james on tuesday in the <laughs> lyrics and he really did kill james but for the most part this is a slippery slope that is just going to lead towards um the usage of lyrics as kind of uh, a way for reactionaries to attribute like you know like negative stereotypes towards towards rap and and people who are doing it. So this is a, this is a this is a net positive if if they can prevent that from happening. I, I believe. Okay, first we gotta acknowledge that we've been said this. And, and, oh, and this I is old. This. Um, Chameleonaire told you guys about the hip hop police. Like, this has mm -hmm. been a thing in the black community for a long ass time, where people use anything we do as evidence in court. Mm -hmm. And you should call this a, a the dub bill. It's about damn time. Like none yeah. of this should have been admissible from the jump. Uh, Roman Pulaski did mm -hmm. like horrific things, but nobody took his movies and said, you know what? And this is why right. Roman Pulaski should be convicted. Uh, nobody's mm -hmm. doing that with Woody uh, Allen's uh, creative media. Now there right. is an argument to be made that yo, you're snitching on yourself and you shouldn't be saying talking about criminal activities, but that's right. not the point. And a lot of y'all don't believe this, and I will point it out to a lot of you non-believers. Do you remember Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, where a lot of stuff was just thrown out and was inadmissible? Like uh, the fact that he right. went to white supremacist rallies, the fact that dude said before he came to uh, <laughs> right. came white supremacist lines. hand signals in photographs. Yes. Yeah. All that was thrown out because it had nothing to do with him fearing for his life. And a lot of people was really against that. Like, well, why didn't that get let in court? And that's because we're not used to seeing fair trials. That literally was how a fair trial should have been conducted. So I wasn't mad. I'm like, wow, but this is not the standard for black people. Anything right. black people do that is like relatively seen as black or radical or uh, counterculture is instantly put on this damn right. Uh, this damn bullseye on it. Like, yo, right. this is what we got to tear down. And look, it's evidence of crime. Right, right. 
Well, people that view rap music negatively or black people negatively will most likely view rap lyrics as an admission of guilt. I, I read an article um, years ago because this is old. Like, you know, this right. is quite old situation. This happened to Boosie Badass in like 2010. They were Thanks. trying to use his lyrics against him. So this is not new. But but, you know, there there was a there was a, a, a study that was done where they took lyrics from a variety of different genres that were, you know, violent or had things like misogyny and such. And they just switched around the genres and had people view them um, and, you know, read them and say, ah, what do you think about this? And the the lyrics that were attached to the genre of rap were almost universally seen as more negative than any other genre. And this this happens all the time when when they remove R. Kelly's lyrics for problematic. I mean, music from Spotify for problematic lyrics associated with his life. And they decided to do that with a lot of artists. The artists that they focused on were black artists and not your death metals or your your other genres of music that have equally violent or you know um misogynist all types of crazy lyrics blackness is just seen more likely as negative by the larger population especially uh white population that's not familiar with black culture or rap music definitely because the most misogynistic genre of music is country music like if you never oh, sure. listen to country music oh my god it is nasty as hell and when yeah. people rail against quote-unquote gangster rap which was never First, man, white folks got some good marketing departments because it was reality <laughs> rap. And they sure. was like, nope, it's gangster rap. And we just rolled with it because, man, I tell you, man, white folks are great at branding. Like, sure. nope, that's what it means. Like, yo, no, it's reality rap. Uh-uh, gangsters, right. gangsters rap. Like, right. they, they are awesome at that. But that was one of the things uh, when I started to listen to um, other genres of music. Johnny Cash, have you heard of a song oh, called yeah. Cocaine, Cocaine Blues? Oh, absolutely. But early one morning when I'm making the rounds, I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down. Like, yeah. yo, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> that is gangster as hell. Yeah. I mean, if you look at if you look at a lot of like the right wing reactionary shit uh, from from, you know, the the evangelicals or, you know, the Christians, they're a lot similar to what's considered like super evil from Islam. And they're, you know, women belong in a certain position. Men are able to do this. You know, I can beat you with a broom handle if you step out of line type of shit. <laughs> but there but there's also there's also an issue that comes with the genre where it's like other genres have an assumed distance between the writer and what's written. Yes. They're allowed to have a more artistic perspective rather than a literal one and because of this social media space and this keep it real type of thing that is so attached to rap music you know like they're in character because the character is like this realism that they have with the music people think that like oh yeah this black kid who's looking tough in this picture but is a straight a student is actually the devil because mm -hmm. he listens to these bad lyrics and and projects himself in a way online well the, the same thing isn't applied to um you know other kids we see that all the time in mugshots and and pictures that show up on the news like they showed a bad kid you know looking hard and looking tough and not when he's you know playing Yu-Gi-Oh or some shit in the rapist Brock, the swimming rapist Brock, who had oh, a nice yeah. um, smile and picture. I'm like, yo, but he's a right. serial rapist. Like, dude, out right. here raping women behind dumpsters. Y'all got this man out here in a, sh a suit and tie, smiling. Right. And not to mention during his court sentence, they was like, oh well, I don't want to ruin this guy's life. I'm like, right. What? What? Like that was like your thought process, Judge? I don't want to ruin this guy's life. And right. one thing about this whole thing that I just have to point out before I go to the counterpoint that. I hate that black lyrics are used as a roadmap to convict uh, young black guys or black guys in general 
however, our rap lyrics are not used as a stepping stone to, to serve under serve communities or like to inject money or as a roadmap to like all the stuff that's been done wrong in the community. That's not used sure. for that. It's just used for criminal purposes. And I think that shows a lot of hypocrisy that like about our rap lyrics. Like you can actually right. use our rap lyrics to say, oh, wow. They're not getting any resources. Maybe we should put more money in this and make this area better. But nope, 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 nope. Just, just crime, which always goes into some kind of black pathology. Like the unsaid thing is, come on, guys, y'all know how black people are. Right. You can't really help them. <laughs> Only way we can help them is by locking them up. And it well, really gets to me. I, I, I definitely agree, man. I, I do think that it, it is a perception of rap music in general and not necessarily just a black thing, although that is our space. But as I've pointed out to you in the past, and I hate to harp on this again, because it does hit my, you know, mega isms bingo card uh, from Jed Axel is like the tele the telecommunications act and, and the involvement of capital within the genre of rap music has radically changed public perception uh, of what is rap what it should be and what it should be talked about like there was a lot of biodiversity and and things about blackness that are just not as present in popular black music now um, particularly rap music most of the things that are in popular rap music now are negative things about you know black males misogyny and things and that capitalist realism about hustle culture is a part of rap music but it, it is also understated behind a lot of the negative things within the genre and i can see how somebody that's outside would look at it and say wow like i you you ask a, a good a young 13 year old black kid the the um values that you know put put some things on the board put up thoughts about women what do you well what do your favorite rappers think about women what do they think about drugs what do they think about partying and then you ask them what their parents think about it and you're going to see a huge divide in that and it doesn't make that young black kid bad but the value system in a lot of mainstream rap music has been pushed by people who are not from the culture and see dolores tucker had a lot to say about that shit. you know she's actually an unsung hero in this but you know it's a good through line, the Telecommunication Act of 1996. And let me just break that down for a lot of people who don't know. Basically, the Telecommunication Act of 1996 was the biggest deregulation in American history. Like, you haven't seen anything this big since 1934. Right. Um, now, so what happened was, basically what it did was, it allowed all your big major market media companies to come in, swoop up, and take all the small media markets. And now what mm -hmm. that did inadvertently was, it killed the black radio station. Because mm -hmm. all your big major media markets came in and bought them all the black stations to include BET. Right. BET was in this, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And what it did was it syndicated all the stuff that people who wasn't in the culture wanted to push, basically mm -hmm. to make money. Because the main genre of making money was all the negative and stereotypical black things. Right. But when you had black owned radio stations, uh programming their own stuff you had more balance more diversity right. you had like some conscious rap you had right. uh quote unquote gangster rap which i hate that name but gangster Co comedy rap. comedy mm -hmm. rap uh, yeah you had poor people that were speaking about their situations more look at look at bone thugs and harmony man like they're talking about the first of the month and how this is like a mm -hmm. thing that they live to survive by and that type of change that happens it, it happens from illmatic to it was written that shiny suit era was not something that was you know organically grown it, it, in so many ways there were material conditions that happened 
And it wasn't just rap music. It wasn't just, it was everything in our media. And that's why you can go and see those videos about local news stations owned by Fox or whatever, repeating the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And when, when Jeff Bezos purchases, you know, a magazine, all of a sudden the narrative changes. And this deregulation is towards the neoliberalism that we had been moving towards from, from, you know, Nixon, Carter, Reagan onwards, like like Bill Clinton, who was sometimes spoken as the first black president, did tremendous damage oh to society through these neoliberal um, yep. processes and economics. And it greatly adversely affect the black community more than maybe even Reagan in a lot of ways. Like super predators were a thing like, yes. you know, completely stripping um, social welfare programs is crazy thing. And, and this affected rap music and the perspective of main to popular culture on black people. And now we are these figures and it's been so ingrained in our younger generations and us that we we do the dances. We we are the things. And that's why our young black youth are acting like a boosy badass, because, you know, that's what they see. You, you have, the parents can't fight against Kurt Cobain. You know what I mean? Like you lose that fight. <laughs> but but when you have entire communities proliferating the same thing, it's crazy. Right. But it don't mean that you can take the rap lyrics of something that is art and make it a literal thing. We have to have the same artistic leniency in, in space as any other type of people on the planet. So, you know, now the kind of argument that this is going to be if somebody listens to this and saying, well, you don't want rap music to be admissible in court. Well, what if they did rap about it, about the exact same crime? Should they be used? Right. Um, I mean, this is isn't this the function of of the legal system to provide justice yep. and you can find facts and all types of shit. Like if if you got a rap lyric that's like very much on the nose about a situation and you can tie that to real legitimate facts is one thing. But to say, look at, um, you know, Boldy James talking about selling coke here. This there was coke at the scene. Let's draw a line from this to that. That's that's the slippery slope right there. That's that's the problem. But well, rap Rap snitches, man. They they're really here. They they they're tell really, on themselves all the time. They're really here, but I think that none of the rap should be admissible. So if you ask me, like, what if there's a rapper who said the exact same crime in this rap, should it be inadmissible? My answer is yes, it should be. The same thing. Like, now you might be asking me, well, about R. Kelly. He was right, technically singing about all the things he was saying to underage, right. uh, doing to underage girls. Do you think that should be inadmissible? And my answer right. is still yes, because yeah. the criminal justice system. Is sure. made to prove without a reasonable doubt. Like the, the burden is on the state to prove everything. That's right. how our justice system works. It ain't what you know and what you think, it's what you can prove. Sure. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it's on the state to prove it. So no, you should not use my creative medium as a way to down me because basically you're down in my livelihood. And what you're not going to do is you're not going to down the record labels and the people perpetuating this and say, right. well, you're partly live on civil court. You're not going to do that. You're literally pinpointing the person who said it. And then on this slippery slope, are you going to start arresting ghostwriters? What if I didn't write my lyrics? <laughs> what if I had oh, somebody damn. else help me with that? Are you going <laughs> right. to take the ghostwriter and be like, you know what? But you, oh, yeah, Mr. Ghostwriter. A- accessory to the crime. Exactly. Like, come on, dude. Look how stupid <laughs> yeah. this is when you think about it. Like, what about right. the person who wrote the hook? Is he in it? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, how about man. The we locking up. Damn, you got seven producers. All of y'all. It's a Rico scheme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's we, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's a racketeering. We got, we got all y'all. But think about yeah, how dumb I, this I get is. It. Yeah. Like, no. So, yes, right. even if the, the crime was committed and the rapper said it piece by piece, right. I feel like it should be inadmissible in sure. court. Unless you're going to sure. say, 
Quentin Tarantino is a racist because he wrote a movie with the N-word in it 375 times. Now, I ain't gonna lie. Maybe I do think Quentin Tarantino is a racist, but right? <laughs> Writing yeah. a movie with the N-word in it that many damn times. However, yeah. ain't nobody gonna say, yo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Heard you say the N-word in Django. Pretty sure you're a racist. Ain't nobody right. gonna say that, dog. It's yeah. dumb as hell. However, I will say that we have kind of put this on ourselves from the whole keep it real culture. Mm. That was kind of our fault. Sure. I mean, but at the same time, uh, I, I agree with you. First and foremost, I'd like to reiterate that, like you, you can't if if there's a clear through line and you can find evidence in a way. Sure. But in most cases, it's absolutely bullshit. Like if you see, you know, if the gun is on, if the gun is on Instagram picture and then it's found at the crime scene and there's timestamps, you know, <laughs> of you on the street with a gun. Sure, maybe. But that again, that falls upon the, the justice like system to to really figure it out the, the problem with the justice system is that they they're bad at that and and when it comes to representing poor people which a lot of these people are um or or you know people from understate communities we always get the bad rap man and 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 i i would prefer to not first off i mean i'm for complete uh abolition of the prison system as as a marxist i i, I rock with that but but yeah i i don't i don't think that it, it should be used as pieces of evidence because I don't trust the people who are are using it. I, I just simply do not believe that they they always have the right things in mind with that. And I, I don't know. Did did uh you remember that that kid Ricky Casso um that that killed his friend and they they attributed to to um to like ACDC and mm -hmm. satanic lyrics and shit. Like and none of that stuff came up in the court trial. They try to point it to it in the in the media and say he's a part of devil worshiper. But yeah, point to it all you want in the media, but the jury should not be privy to to listening to an EP to make a decision on whether or not they think a motherfucker did some shit. Well, that's the thing. The court of public opinion is way different than the court of uh, law. Right. So I always tell people like, yeah, you can think that, but it shouldn't be admissible in court. Right. Um, right. Like the the main thing is you want to talk about the most violent medium where you can see the most egregious acts. That is the news media. Yeah. Like if you turn on the news, you're gonna see. You know, we had old saying when I worked at the news station, if it bleeds, it leads, and that's true because like during sweep time, like you you going for the reaction, you're going for the engagement, and what gets people more than love is hate. And fear mm. so you're gonna put the crime first breaking news on winchester three men shot that gives people reaction more than right. oh well, look at these puppies <laughs> like right, that's right you know like the opposite of love is not hate it's indifference like you can build off love you can build off hate but you can't do nothing without i don't give a fuck mm. so you gotta like kind of spark that hate it's a way 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 stronger reactionary tool than love. So you see people sure. in the media playing off this all the damn time, even in rap music. I can say that too. Like the fear, the, the gangsterism, the tough guy, machismo, that plays more than, hey, me writing, writing a rap about love. It, it's right. true. It's a human condition. So it shouldn't be pinpointed just to black males because we all right. like violence. 
Oh, absolutely, man. There's there's like a there's a weird approach to what we view as like objective violence and what is allowed in our society. Like, look at how violent these fucking movies are, man. They try to be like, oh, you know, for the kids, they're like, oh, we can kill a million aliens. And that's just an objective violence. It's fine because they're outsiders. <laughs> but these type of this ideology leaks into everything in society. And it's just OK for, you know, it, it's OK to have a popular rap song on the radio and, and be like, all right, he's, he's killing people. He's getting bitches. That's fine now. But as soon as people smell blood in the water for, for a crime, that it no longer an objective violence that they could deal with. They have to associate it with literal violence that, that it needs to be something needs to be done about. You think the bill is a, uh, a good step forward and should be adopted nationally. Um, I, I, I actually haven't read about what, the bill entails and everything that's associated with but in general yeah i mean i i think that um rap lyrics should not be a part of uh court trials yeah i think we all can agree on that yeah. man have you ever listened to the common knowledge podcast and be like damn dj l spade i wish you would talk more about music but yo i got you covered check out the secret house against the world podcast on youtube hosted by the homie robinson mega or Mega Robson, if you please. Co-hosted with me and the homie Jed Axel, we talk about new releases in the hip-hop sphere. Basically underground, because that's their taste preferences. But yo, if you want to know what I think about music, check out Secret House Against the World on YouTube. That's Secret House Against the World. Moving right along, man. Have you heard about the, the Brittany Reiner situation? Um, No, not really. But uh, somewhat, I mean, I, I know of her as a as a public figure within the uh, like uh, social media inc- ecosystem. Well, how do you know about her? Because here's the thing: I just got introduced to her because I'm not really on the social medias like that. Right. I just saw an attractive woman roasting some dudes on no. Instagram, and that got like her critically acclaimed. Well, I, I'll I'll approach this, you know. Um, Gently, I'll tread softly here because I, I don't know much about her. But from what I understand, she was just your average everyday Instagram thought who was famous <laughs> for being good looking and posting videos. And a lot of people of the, you know, generally male demographic, you know, liked. And then she started dating some football player or some basketball type of player. sports star, basketball a basketball player. player. And there was controversy around that shit. And she just got bigger and bigger as people tend to do in that space. And now she's on a podcast. She's fairly young, fairly beautiful and somewhat of, you know, not, not exactly a public intellectual. She's just a human being that gets a lot of attention on social media is how I know her. All right. So let me just, <laughs> Read this story I found on HITC, right? So, uh, what does it say? It, Brittany Reiner is a fitness model and social media personality uh-huh. with 4.6 million followers on Instagram. She was in a relationship with Charlotte Hornet player PJ Washington, and a couple. the couple announced that they're expecting their child in early 2001. Their baby boy was born in May of last year, but the two called it quits shortly after the baby arrived. She's also a published author and released her book, Judge the Cover, in 2018. Um, mm. Brittany is going viral on social media after she had some words to say to the Fresh and Fit hosts, Myron Gaines and Walter Weeks on DJ Academics podcast. Mm. Brittany confronted the hosts over their comments, which implied that they were warned that, I'm sorry, 
that they warn other men about women like her. You said you mm. warn guys about girls like me. So tell me about girls like me, Brittany said. All right. So I'm pretty sure you all seen the, the clip, man. What, what was your take on that whole clip, man? I mean, I thought I thought she was saying uh, carried a lot of weight and is quite hypocritical. From what I know about from from all the comments on the things, those guys are fairly toxic towards women. And they have a lot of of the kind of alpha male, sigma male, um, you know, looking down on women yeah, type of, you know, that 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 type of energy. I heard that they perhaps like do pickup artist shit, which is just fucking gross and funny uh, as effective. It might be uh, against some people, but uh, I don't know. I, I thought what she was saying seemed fine. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to have that energy, keep that same fucking energy. Like, what do you think? Like now that you're off guard and not on your own podcast, you people confront you. Now you don't really got much to say. I thought she hit him with some fire bars and, yeah, and, and in a lot of ways. She was right. I'm not going to lie. First, Good yeah. job, Brittany. <laughs> this yeah. is a classic case of not knowing who you're fucking with. And yeah. I say that because, like, as a person, myself, who has a lot of contrary beliefs, I expect people to shoot at me. I expect my beliefs <laughs> to be challenged. I expect people to, like, question everything I think. These were two idiots, and I say that, like, endearingly, two idiots who are used to home field advantage. You're used to having mm -hmm. your own platform. You're used to people coming on your platform where you can mm -hmm. control the narrative and corner people. You right. went into some neutral ground and your idiot, your idiocracy showed because you weren't ready. So you right. said something. First, you've been attacking this young lady for a long time. I looked at the history. So you've been attacking young ladies and you come from the same vein of Kevin um, Samuels type guys who give guys advice, which look, man, I keep telling y'all this, man. Is this your king? Like, you you, mm -hmm. you got to stop taking advice. From these guys talking on the internet. <laughs> you you got to stop right. taking your advice from guys who ain't did shit. Right? Mm. Like, their only claim to fame is giving advice. So, these guys were used to, like, basically bullying people on their platform. They went to neutral grounds and they didn't know how to handle it, dude. Like, first, why would you even say that off camera or say that to her at all? Y'all yeah. not friends. You're not cool. I mean, this is where media training comes into play. Mm. And second of all, dog, there's a, such a disrespect for... I don't hate to put her in the sex worker category, but I can't think of any other category. But like, people will look at sexy women, all go over sexy women, go to hoe houses, but then try to denigrate the services that they offer. And I'm like, bro, mm. I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like this whole looking down on the whole fitness model thing. Like, if you're mm -hmm. not rocking with it, don't rock with it. That's your right mm. not to rock with it. But don't knock the next man who's like using porn or like sexy pictures to get his sure. rocks off to keep himself um, level. I, I don't get it, man. Sure. Right. Um, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. A lot of these, basically any, these, these guys function like there's some type of life coach or there's yes. some type of geniuses and, and being a life coach is no job that a person qualified to actually be one would ever have. Yes. And, and I get, I get that, you know, there's a, a big, there's a huge market for, for guys like this who are giving advice on how to talk to women, how to carry themselves. And, and, uh, and, and some of it is, is reasonable. Some of it's like, you know, um, work on your body, work on yourself, you know, actively listen to women. And, but oh, a, lot gotcha. just, a lot of it is just, a lot of it is just a reaction to, 
um, you know, being turned down by women or, or feeling like women have too much power over men in society because they get to have, you know, they get to make the decision on who they have sex with. A lot of this shit is wild bullshit. And, and I like that these guys were outside of their echo chamber and got poked in the eye. Of course, they're going to go right back to their echo chamber and, and rebuttal and talk their shit. But I, I, I like that they got pointed out as fucking big goofies, because in most cases, these guys are big fucking goofies. And that's the thing, dude. Like, you see how goofy they are, because when you went outside your platform, you wasn't ready. Yeah. And that's the thing about yeah. Kevin Samuel. Say what you want about dude, but dude is smart as hell. He never mm. rarely, he rarely ever leaves his platform, and he picks out <laughs> the people that he has on there. Like, I keep telling mm. y'all, this stuff is cultivated. Like, the guests he has, they're not yeah. indicative of the common woman. He's just picking right. out, like, the bozo women that he mm -hmm. can like make an example out of and most of these sure. people are doing that like the, the whole comment the dude made was ain't nothing special about you that mm -hmm. wasn't even necessary bro like right. that wasn't a coherent argument like there's something to be said if you're moral structured but you believe like yo women perpetuating sex on the internet is bad there's maybe mm -hmm. an argument in there but you should right. like be able to express that argument without saying an insult it's like me right. saying well i disagree with you you're fat you stupid it's like, bro, that's not an argument. <laughs> yeah. You're showing your lack of intelligence and your lack to make a coherent argument. And that's one thing that I'm glad got pointed out in this whole damn clip. And maybe this whole cottage industry of men giving advice, you know, basically telling men, hey, be an asshole. That's how you get women. Maybe, maybe it'll right. come to an end soon. I, I don't foresee that, but I, I, I again, I, I don't know these people from, you know, either way. I don't know if she is anything special or not, but I do like seeing people get poked in the eye for having goofy ass opinions. And that was good for that was good for him. I I, uh, I, I hope he stubs his toe next time he decides to talk shit about women that he probably would like to have sex with. That's I no, guarantee no I guarantee that this is like Britney is the type of woman that he likes to be around. I, I would imagine that he's as interested in women on Instagram as the rest of us um, dudes that, you know, like not that we would date him, but we definitely look at him and say yummy if we into that shit. And he, he probably is that type of guy. I doubt that his his ideal lady is smarter than him or any, he, he wants to have that higher position, that old school reactionary position of being at the top of the food chain. And his wife mm -hmm. listens to what the fuck he says, which is a big dummy energy. And it might be interesting to the incels or the dudes who, um, you know, have a difficult time talking to women, but it ain't interesting <laughs> to me. I wouldn't want to hang out with this guy in person. I would not hear you hit on something though. Brittany Ryan walked in this room, was like, yo, I choose you. Dude going. <laughs> like, oh, dude yeah. going. Like, yo. Quite myself simply, included. Yeah. And she walked in this book, like, yo, let's get this popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Let's get it popping. <laughs> I mean, as a is a married, as a married man who's, you know, try to be is is committed to my wife as possible, like there's a biological imperative that I can't get past them. You know what I mean? Like, come on, don't put me in a position. And he ain't no, he ain't no stronger. Yo, that was one thing that they said to her on the, on the podcast that like goes overlooked. They was like, look, you should expect your man to cheat on you because your man is successful. That's one mm -hmm. thing that, she, that they, they pointed her. Now, whether I agree with that or disagree with that, it was like, yo, she had rebuttals for that. And she got back in. I'm like, why should I expect that? So right. 
it's uh, there, there's a lot to unpackage more than more deeper than what we're really getting at here right. like uh, regarding the type of um way that she purports herself or they purport themselves and an entire culture of of sexual intimacy and relationships these days yeah, there's a lot deeper than that but first and foremost this guy's just a goofy and and and, and you should you if you want if you want to talk shit about people on the internet go ahead but be prepared to have it swung back at you when you look like an idiot exactly know who you're fucking with and like i said if you're gonna meet your accuser in person which i always recommend like yo i'm i'm down to meet like anybody i talked yeah. about or i said about i'm down to meet you in person i'm gonna keep the same right. energy because like i said i'm not coming with i don't think i do uh i don't come with like i'm trying to fight you energy i'm just coming yeah. i got my opinion and this is why and you can yeah. disagree and we can agree to disagree and that's it. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. I'm always like open to, oh, maybe I'm wrong on this. Like with the arm and hammer. It's like, yeah, I was wrong on this. <laughs> I made a mistake <laughs> on this one. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that, man. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't want to be around any. Yo, DJ L Spade here. Asking y'all, take a second after you listen to my podcast and go check out my new album, L Spade at 2. Got over 200,000 streams on Spotify and over 100,000 streams on Apple Music right now. I think you'll like it. Check it out. Tell me what you think about it. Hit me up on Instagram at DJL Spade. Follow me on Facebook at DJL Spade. Follow me on Twitter. I bet you can guess at DJL Spade. <laughs> Peace. This is a good segue to what you were talking about with uh, T- Tucker Carson, man, and the sexy green Eminem. Like, what the hell is going on? I think it was the green Eminem. It might have been the brown Eminem. And he might have heat for it because she's brown. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Tucker Carlson got big. He got big, goofy energy, too, man. But and and I wish I was a little bit more prepared for this. We kind of just brought it up uh, in passing as we decided to to record this morning. But but, yeah, I saw I saw some um, some headlines about uh, Tucker Carlson rant Um where he goes off on how highly offensive it is that the old green or the old brown Eminem was sexy and that the um, the idea is a bizarre rant that that the old Eminem was sexy and the idea to make the characters less sexy and deeply unappealing um, is wrong. And I just don't I just don't understand why a man would be overly concerned on like the cup size of of an Eminem. <laughs> Like, like, what, what are we really doing? It, it's sick and twisted that the Eminem was sexy in the first place, but I understand exactly why it was like that. But can you imagine having like a media outlet uh, reach as far as Tucker Carlson and going off about how upset you are that Eminems aren't sexy anymore? That's because it's a disintegration of ideas and policy. Like nobody mm. talks about policy and legislation anymore. Like most on both sides, but more so on the right. Mm. You take these little social issues and you blow them up once again to get engagement. Going back to our first topic, to get engagement and get people riled up. You got to think about it, man. Since um, uh, the homie Joe Biden has been in office, which didn't vote for the guy, but since the homie, Not my homie, <laughs> since the homie Joe Biden been in office, um, the only issues on the right that have really made news was the Dr. Seuss thing, mm-hmm. where like, yo, Dr. Seuss is on trial. Now you got these Eminem things. Uh, what was another one that was just so damn stupid? I was like, what is this really a thing? Cr- critical race theory. Yeah, critical race thing. theory, which is not being taught anywhere. Right. You know, black, you know what? And I'm not going to call their name, but a friend of mine, a white friend of mine, they uh, called me about that. Man, do you believe this critical race theory situation? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what about it? Like, they're making black people victims. And this one black mom got up and she 
stood for the truth. I was like, dude, what is critical race theory? She's like, well, it's the, the victimization of black people. Like, no, okay, that's what you're told, but what is critical race theory? And as it's a rigmarole, he had to admit, oh, I don't know. And that's my point. It's yeah. just a wedge issue. Right, right. I mean, we like to call it just like history, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I, I've got some thoughts on critical race theory and the term being applied anyways. Um, that's all. I won't go into it, but it's all from, you know, Frankfurt School uh, legalese um, speech. But yeah, I'm, I'm all for that being taught. But yeah, you're right that that there's just all these that there. There's these these culture war issues more than there's actual policy being addressed. Right. And and meanwhile, there's a lot of people fighting for actual policy. There's a lot of unionization. There's an anti-work sentiment going around for people demanding equal pay and equal wages um yeah but but you know this this issue i'm sure at the root of it and i wish i did more research i'm sure at the root of it he's probably trying to say that once we're no longer um turned on by the m&m that we've achieved <laughs> we've reached equality and this is this really what we want we want to have rule 34 be present so we can jack off to m&ms if we want and and now all of these these you know lesbians and bisexuals and transsexual people now look at what they've done like you know what what is next is the blue m&m gonna be cross-dressing <laughs> like i don't which I, I don't even know what it means as the blue m&m who's naked say, in the first place like have eyelashes now like what is it let's these say guys the are crazy m&m was cross-dressing and this is my whole point to a lot of people who, who, who rail against this let's just say they popped up and the, the blue Eminem was cross-dressing. My reply to that is, so? I mean, I don't care. Like, it's not changing anything, my get down, or how I look at right. people. It's like, when I, um, I come from a big homophobic area. I'm from the deep south, right? And, like, when I went back for my grandfather's funeral, people were shocked that I had gay friends. And I yeah. considered, like, brothers. And they're like, man, don't you feel uncomfortable hanging around gay people? I'm like, why? It's not like it's a rules or a ploy for them to bend me over, you know, right. across the counter. Yeah. It's like, what do you think gay people are? And it's mm -hmm. just one of those things. I'm like, how does that affect your life? You're saying you don't want rights. And as a black man, I feel like it ain't the same, like the gay struggle and the black struggle. But on the uh, Venn diagram of suffering, there is some overlap. I mean, oh, sure. a little bit. But I always like, yo. It's a hierarchy of privilege. Exactly. <laughs> comes with women. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But it's one of those things I'm like, why do you care so damn much? It literally doesn't affect you. But how can you be anti-rights as a black man fighting for equal rights and equal stature and dignity? How can I deny another group their dignity? I just don't right. get it. I, I think that, you know, uh, when I talk about the liberals, the, the the Democrats and the Republicans, I generally don't like to separate them as being two distinct groups because economically they all share the same politics. And that's why people are so cynical that ah, regardless of what side you work for, they're all in the pockets of these people. And that's very true to me. There are certain progressive thoughts on the Democrat side that the right has still held on to um, in contrast, their reactionary positions. And to me, there's a crossover on that be, besides being white or black or, or whatever these reactionary politics like tucker carlson's whole thing is like a throwback to the days of 
you know, Sharia law almost like man at the top of the power hierarchy. And you see that within the black community as well. All the hoteps, the Dr. Umar's, the Nation of Islam, they share these same right wing reactionary politics against the more progressive identitarian um, essentialism. So so this this shit about he's mad that he's mad that we're being more mindful of these hierarchies of privilege. And when it starts to affect him, um, he gets upset, but when he finds little things to just reinforce his thoughts, he'll grab at anything and desexualizing M&Ms for him, which he would have had a position on them being sexualized 20 years ago. Thanks. Desexualizing them is now a position that he could grab onto. This is just more culture war nonsense. And it comes at, at, at like right on the back of this capitalist realism that that somehow having like less sexy M&Ms or equal M&Ms is, is like a, a feminist win. Like, <laughs> like, like this has anything to do with that. Like all of these identity groups, all they provide is just a marketing demographic for you. And mm. M&M is marketing towards, apparently looking at this brown M&M, they're marketing towards professional managerial class black women or brown women like like i don't <laughs> fucking know like this this looks like this lady looks like she'd be an auntie that works at the dmv she's not sexy anymore just like the rabbit in space jam and we're all worse off for it but at least we got britney renner <laughs> you know what i mean like at least we got her we lost the sexy rabbit in space jam but we got her and we got you know i don't know i don't know who else we got we've, we've got her and 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 I, I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna end it on a high note, man. That's the Common Knowledge Podcast. I try to do this weekly. Be sure to check out my album El Spadia too. Hey yo, uh Mega, please tell these folks where to find you at, man. Uh, more recently, I mean, you can find me Mega Late Show. We haven't released a lot of episodes, but the back catalog is full of a lot of amazing people in Tokyo and from around the world, famous and less famous, including my main man, uh, Marcus L. Spade Johnson. He's been hey. on there a few times. Also, you can find me and Marcus L. Spade Johnson rocking almost weekly on the Secret House Against the World YouTube channel for uh, alternative independent uh, rap music album reviews and conversations. We get busy on there. And uh, I'm also doing a new podcast with uh, the legendary Brooklyn Terry called Undocumented Tokyo, where both of us talk to people in Tokyo who are amazing. And there you go, man. We, hey, we got to do this again, man. Like, I would love to. I'm, I'm free in the mornings, man. Anytime you want to rock with me, just let me know. Almost there. We got to do this again. That's the Common Knowledge Podcast, man. Y'all be safe. Peace. Thank you, guys.